you're listening to episode 169 of the SBP Podcast Mobile Filmmaking, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. Our guest for this episode is Ryan Camp. Ryan was a musician. Uh, he had a band, and he was a part of this band, and um, you should know that that's not all there is to his story, because if you fast forward from them to today, Ryan's company, Ryan Camp Films, is pretty prominent on YouTube. If you are researching how to make films, how to select the best audio equipment, the camera apps, uh, how to do certain things in, in video editing and all sorts of things, and the reason he's doing that is because he comes to you hands-on. He's a filmmaker himself. He's a creator, obviously, because he's on YouTube creating these tutorials and things. But he's a filmmaker. He's a storyteller. And one of his films, it was called 2AM, it was a short horror film, uh, was in our film festival. And ever since then, probably even before then, if I think back, I've been trying to get Ryan on this podcast, but he's busy and things like that. He's all the way out in North Carolina and between one thing and another, of course, I'm busy too. Um, we haven't been able to make that happen. So today he is here. He's here to share mobile filmmaking and filmmaking audio and his really unique, interesting story. If you're a musician if you're learning about smartphone filmmaking, or if you just like to hear all these wonderful conversations that we bring to you in our podcast, then this is one episode that you'll also want to tune in and listen to Ryan and me discuss this wonderful story that Ryan will tell us and also, uh, you know, mobile filmmaking in general. And also, one last thing, sign up for our Patreon as a subscriber so you can have more insights into this wonderful world of mobile filmmaking. All right, are you guys ready? Let's go and talk to Ryan. Hey, I've got Ryan Camp. If the name sounds famous, he's right here. Ryan Camp, how are you? I am doing fantastic, Susie. I hope you're doing good. Oh, I'm doing fantastic too. It's Friday for both of us. Friday, Friday. Yes. Yes. Uh, Ryan, you are in North Carolina. That's right. And East Coast. Yeah, in the East Coast. <laughs> I'm over here in the West Coast. Don't you just love technology? Yes, it's amazing. Yeah. So what I want to share with everyone is that the way I met Ryan was by a Google search, <laughs> which yes. is kind of not not usually the way I meet people. But Ryan has a very unique persona, I should say, so much so that when I at some point looking to up the game on the on this podcast, I did a, a little Google search on microphones and audio or something rather and Ryan Camp's YouTube channel with one of his episodes came up 
And I listened to it and I was like, wow, his audio is awesome. Of course, then after that, I, I think we met probably on Twitter, you know, that place mm -hmm. that used to be. Oh, you mean X? <laughs> yeah, it's such a, <laughs> the, the, the gentleman's X now. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, we probably met there. I miss the community there. I'm not there as often anymore. I just pop in here and there when I can bear. <laughs> yeah, I but, understand. Yeah, but we met and you've had at least one film in our film festival, a horror film. Right? That's right. 2 a.m., I believe it was. Yes, that's right. 2 a.m. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we screened it here in San Diego, and it was uh, it was definitely a spooky, freaky film. Love for, to hear that. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. We selected it because it was good. Brian, what can I say? Um, <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's start. Let's share a little bit so that I don't continue to share more. Uh, okay. let's have you share a little bit about who is Ryan Camp for, for everyone out there. Well, my name is Ryan Camp. I live in North Carolina and I am a little bit over 40 years old. I've got three kids, I'm husband, uh, father, and I own a video production company here in North Carolina. I do, you know, everything from wedding films. I do freelance work, video editing work. And I love to make films, especially horror films. And uh, I've been doing YouTube and filmmaking now, I guess you could say professionally, if you want to use that word, for about 10 years now. Nice. Um, uh, I'm sure we'll get into, you know, um, my history a little bit more. I can go into it now if you want. Uh, well, first but, of all, I do have to say, Ryan, we, we never asked. We don't require our guests to give their age. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm not too worried about it. I'm, I feel like I'm in the prime of my life, so it's all right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and share a little bit of your history. That would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a really a strange path uh, to getting into video and, and film work. Um, most of my life was dedicated to music. Um, when I was younger, I was obsessed with MTV and Nirvana and yeah. hard rock. And I saw a Nirvana on MTV and it just changed my life. And I bought a guitar and started playing music and singing with guys from school. So the majority of my teen years and, and my early twenties was spent uh, touring the country uh, with my band and writing music. And that's kind of what got me into video. Uh, the seed was planted with my maternal grandmother. She was always obsessed with the latest technologies she was one of the first people that I knew that had a cell phone. I remember at clear as day, she had one of those huge black uh, cell phone bags in her car with the huge antenna and the flip phone. It was like the size of your head. <laughs> and I remember asking her, I was like, why would anyone want a phone in their car? Was she in real <laughs> estate or something or? No, she, she owned a bakery. Her and my mom ran a bakery oh. here in town. And um, she was just really loved having the newest technologies. And she was always making my grandfather angry by going out and buying expensive things like that. Oh, yeah. But that, she, that, that cost about the price of a car back then, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But she bought a mini DV camera when I was in my, my early teens. Mm. And some of your listeners may be familiar with this, but I had been obsessed with making little short films with a video game called Mario Paint. Oh, uh, yes. 
I was always trying to make little stories and stuff with this Mario paint, had like a built in animation program in it or something. And, uh, when she got that video camera, I just fell in love and I started, you know, going out in the woods and trying to make little films with my friends and, um, making, uh, like fake music videos for some of my favorite songs, stuff like that. And, uh, I had, I create, I didn't have any video editing software. Um, I didn't even have a computer back then, but what I did was I, I built a double decker VCR. I don't know if you're familiar with what that is. Yeah, I know. Cause you were doing <laughs> that basically real to real editing, right? Yes. I was doing real to real editing. You know, I just figured it out on my own and started editing using a double decker VCR. And, uh, why don't you, know, you share that a little bit about the, the, just, just a hint of that process for listeners so that everyone understands how good they got it. If they're, complaining about having to use iMovie or something. Yeah. I mean, I really don't even remember, uh, you know, how to do it back then. It was so imprecise. Uh, but you would put one videotape and one VCR, uh, that would be like your master. That was like where you wanted the project to live. And then you would basically put another videotape in the, in the other VCR. And when you got to the point on the master where you wanted the next clip to come in, you would play the clip on the other VCR and record on the master, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd play on one and you'd yeah. record it on the other and then you'd pause them both. Yes. Right. And yep. then you would, uh, otherwise it would, it would be like a jump, right? So you yes. had mm -hmm. to hit pause and then you would rewind or fast forward to the next section and then you do it again. Yeah. You guys, we, we have it easy now. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I eventually, I, I started researching, you know, uh, uh, a cheap way for me to get like actual video editing software at some point. And, you know, I got Adobe Premiere. I've been using it ever since. I know a lot of people say they don't like Premiere anymore, but I mm. can't do anything else. Uh, I've been using it so long. I'm so entrenched <laughs> in Adobe Premiere. Well, you get used to what you get used to, yeah. and that's your tool, and that's your go-to tool. So why mm -hmm. learn something new, right? Yeah, that's right. It's working for me, so I'm just going to stick with it for now. Uh, but uh, that was just kind of the, where the seed was planted for you know me being obsessed with video and stuff. But the rest of my life, I was just obsessed with music. And uh, my band actually um, got pretty popular here in North Carolina. And one day uh, our drummer uh, came to band practice and he said, Ozzy Osbourne is holding a competition for a new TV show. And this is when the Osbournes yes. were re really popular on TV. I um, remember that. Yeah. And I had, I had been having dreams about Ozzy, which was strange. That is strange. Not so I was lie, like, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said, so I was like, we've definitely got to do this. So we packed up in my little Honda element. We drove nine hours to New York <laughs> one night. The, uh, the advertisement said, do not bring your instruments. So we didn't bring our instruments. We drove nine hours to New York and stood in a line that wrapped around four New York blocks almost. And we finally got in and auditioned for these TV producers for MTV. And they said, we really love you guys. Do you have your instruments with you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she said, and we were like, no, your advertisement said not to bring your instruments. <laughs> and she said, well, I think you need to go back to North Carolina and get them. Oh, so we drove nine hours back to North Carolina, got our instruments, and drove nine hours straight back to New York, and without any sleep, played for um, MTV producers, and we made it on the TV show. Oh, you deserved it. 
Yeah, <laughs> we, we definitely we definitely put it in, put in the work. Uh, but before all that happened, I think what got their attention was I when I was in the band, we, we started looking around at, at people that could maybe film a music video for us. And everybody was like, it'll be a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. And we were a broke, you know, rock band. I was like, we don't have that kind of money. So I told the guys, I said, I'll just borrow my grandma's video camera <laughs> and, and I'll make a music video for us. Yeah. So that's what I did. I made us about three different music videos and I put them on a DVD. And I, and when we got there, I handed them to the producers for MTV. And I think that's one of the things that got their attention. Nice. Um, I think the producers telling me that one of them actually said, if your band thing doesn't work out, come see me and I'll hire you to... Uh, uh, be on our video team basically. And that kind of sparked an idea in me that I kept in the back of my head that if, you know, if this rock and roll thing didn't work out, maybe I could start doing video work. And, you know, as we got older in the band kind of fell off the wayside, I started focusing more and more on, on films and video. And that was a long-winded uh, <laughs> way to how I got into filming. No, this is, well, it's a story. And, yeah. you know, I love stories. Yeah, that's what this is all about, right? Right. Well, The YouTube, the YouTube thing kind of, you know, happened by accident. Um, I was never really planning on being a YouTuber or creating content of any kind. You know, I was just content with, you know, filming weddings and making little films for myself that no one else would ever see. Uh, but you know, one day I just decided to post one of my short films. It didn't really get very many views, but then, you know, in something happened in your realm, neck of the woods with mobile filmmaking, <laughs> I got really interested in, you know, I had a really awful camera at the time. I can't, I think it was, I can't remember what it was. It's a lot easier to update your phone than it is to go yeah, buy another exactly. new camera. Yeah. Yeah. I had a really not, I had the like top of the line iPhone. I was like, I need to figure out how to make, you know, movies with this thing. So I, I started looking into what apps people were using because I knew the, the, you know, the video camera app at the time that was built into the iPhone just wasn't cutting it. Which was, what was the, uh, the iPhone at the time? I do not remember. Oh, okay. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs> because they've gotten better and better and yeah. better. But, um, I no. think a lot of people started really liking it when it was uh, the iPhone 11. And then mm -hmm. from up there is when more and more people started really looking into it. Even though, what was that little film, Tangerine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. That was with a 5S, you know. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, that brought a lot of attention. But I think definitely filmmakers, right, like you, it, it took a few years after that for you to really like the camera. Yeah, it was uh, wh whichever model was probably about 11 years ago. That's probably the one I had. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I started researching apps and I found Filmic Pro. Right. And I, I was just blown away by how much control it, it gave me uh, with the phone. And I was like, you know, I, I need to research how to use this thing. So I basically taught myself by looking up articles and stuff, how to use it, the best way to use it. And I was like, I might, have, I, I should just make a video telling people about this because there were no videos hardly out there telling people how to use it. That's probably why your, your channel gets uh, good, good ranks on the searches because now uh, there's a lot of people now after all that, and they're going to pass three or four years, right? 
more mm. and more tutorials for Filmic Pro and for mobile filmmaking. But before then, you're right, there weren't that many. Yeah, that's really a, a thing. I, you know, if I had an advice to give to any YouTubers would be, you know, if there's something out there that you want to know how to do and there's not a video for it, make that video. And surely there's going to be other people out there that want to know how to do it too, you know. Especially something that's a niche, you know, industry. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's, mm -hmm. there's some really devoted people uh, always looking for things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, what have you got? Might as well ask you. Uh, you've heard the news about Filmic Pro. Yes, RIP. <laughs> yeah, and, and you used them for, so you started using the video app and then that probably inspired you to keep it going or you probably yeah. would have done it anyways, but, you know. Yeah, you know, uh, that video got a lot of attention and it, you know, it made me think, hey, maybe I should start doing this YouTube thing. And I just started making more and more videos. Uh, and main, every video I made at first was, you know, me learning something myself and then just sharing that knowledge with other people. Uh, but, you know, the news about Filmic Pro is really sad. I love those guys. They've been so good to me. Um, you know, I, I gave their app a lot of support and they supported me back as well. So I really appreciated that. If any of them ever hear this podcast, uh, just wanted them to know how much I appreciate that. So. It, it's um, I mean, I consider them, you know, our film festival started way back before mm -hmm. they came out. You know what I mean? Before the iPhone yeah. 4. And so for me, they were they, you know, like you have. Um, let me see. One of my analogies, you got the right hand and you got the left hand. Right. Mm hmm and lifting something up and they you know i was there telling people hey make a make a movie with your phone for the big screen you know and mm -hmm. put it in san diego and stuff like that and i got a lot of pushback from that obviously mm -hmm. um and then filmic pro came out and said hey you will help you make a movie for the big screen you know cinema mm -hmm. and you know those two hands together could really lift up the mobile filmmaking industry, you know, and then of course Absolutely. a bunch of other festivals came out, but they've always been the pioneers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for pushing the medium forward for sure. Well, I have a thing for pioneers, Ryan. So I will tell you and, and if, and if uh, one of the filmic pro um, peeps are listening, uh, I never forget the pioneers. They cannot be erased. If you come in sure. after and you're walking on the path that the pioneers created, that's different. People do forget about you when when you're mm -hmm. gone. But when you are there at the beginning paving that road, you just can't be forgotten. I mean, you can be forgotten, but you can't be erased. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the, what the status of Filmic, I know Filmic Pro, I, they're still going, I suppose, but I know they did, you know, lay off a lot of their staff or whatever. And I understand why they had to try to change their business model, uh, you know, being a free app. I understand uh, it couldn't have been an easy decision for them to make. And I think that. I think actually to, to be, you know, just direct with with our community uh, who's listening that, you know, it's a very difficult, very difficult industry, the app industry. Mm -hmm. You know, when the apps uh, started out, they were all free. Right. Yeah. And and Apple would uh, take a look at their best apps and then they would copy the, the features for for the camera mm -hmm. apps specifically yeah. and they would put them in their camera. 
And so you were you were not just competing with other apps. You were literally competing with Apple as yes. well. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, at some point, you know, I think then you, you remember First Light and all of those came out and they were trying to figure out how do we increase, you know, this so that we can keep it going. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to pay their their people. They had to make money. They are a business. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Bending Spoons, who who has a habit of taking apps, buying them and turning them into subscriptions, decided to do that with Filmic Pro. Filmic Pro has always had a lot of great publicity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they did that. The thing about Filmic Pro and our community, Ryan, is that we're we're a really tight community and a lot of the people that are using, I mean, you think about it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mobile films are basically, they, they, I mean, Hollywood people aren't doing it. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're the ones with the bucks. Uh, more and more independent filmmakers are using it, but but they also have other cameras, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't think Bending Spoons thought about the fact that I mean, I don't know if you agree or not, but I, I really don't think that they they really thought it through and they thought that this was going to be a, a game changer for them. But then mm-hmm. I think that iPhone 15 came out with Apple Log and then the Blackmagic camera, you know, came out for free mm-hmm. on top yeah. of that. And um, and I think they didn't have any choice and they went, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they were kind of hoping the name would carry them a little bit because of the reputation Filmic Pro had already built up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, so, it just wasn't enough. So so we, we hugged them all. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we totally and, and of course, uh, a lot of a lot of people in our community who depended on them, you know, people like you, even people who were using Filmic Pro to teach mm-hmm. um, were saying, you know, I can't continue to teach this to people who can't afford to buy it. Yeah. You know, the subscription, especially when there are other choices and there have been other apps out there since, you know, but I yeah. think the log capture um, might be a great say with, did you use the uh, log capture feature on Filmic Pro? I did. Yeah. So I actually used it when I shot 2 a.m. I uh, the thought film. so. Mm-hmm. So when you did that, how did that, because that's something I want to talk about with you is, you know, how you treat your films during production and then how you treat them in post-production, right? Yeah. So uh, w- when I'm shooting with the phone, I, I was shooting everything in log, um, I think 2 a.m. I think we had log version 3 when I shot 2 a.m., I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, I think makes sense. But yeah, but yeah, it's actually really difficult, uh, for me, uh, shooting in log. Um, uh, I know there's probably tools out there I could use to, you know, uh, get more accurate, um, exposure and all that stuff, you know, you know, built into the app. But I always found that I was having to use a lot more light than I thought I would need. Um, mm-hmm. especially making like a dark, scary horror film, um, like 2 a.m., I would have to really shoot the room really bright and then just do most of the the look of the film in post-production, you know, lowering the exposure, giving it a blue tint to make it look like it's, a, you know, in the dark when it's really not. Creating shadows. and Yes, creating shadows using, uh, you know, cookies to create uh, cast, you know, film noir shadows all over everything. But yeah, it's just really a balancing act for me. And I just you know, as far as color treatment and everything goes, I just go off feeling, trial and error. 
Um, and like I was telling you before, I definitely don't feel like I'm an expert in color treating or any, or color grading, but I, I know enough to get by. <laughs> well, see, that's, what's great. That's, what's great because I don't think, I don't think a lot of, uh, our listeners are experts oh, and, yeah. uh, I think it's really inspiring for them to say, okay, Ryan's not an expert. I'm not an expert. And, uh, we're going to put a link to, uh, 2 AM on the, on okay. the show notes awesome. as well. Yeah. And so they're going to look at that and they're going to watch on, they're going to go a non-expert shot this. And then they, they went into post-production as a non-expert <laughs> and look exactly. at what they did. So well, I think, I think yeah. that's why mobile filmmaking is so exciting to everyone because, you know, everyone has to have a phone. I mean, for the most part, you, right. you need a phone to survive in today's world, unfortunately. And it just excites a lot of people like I've already got the phone. I can go ahead and make a movie with this thing in my pocket. We have a supercomputer camera in our pockets at all times. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just another barrier to entry that's, you know, it's not in the way for a lot of people uh, that going out and spending, you know, five grand on a DSLR, you know. And that's not even enough, you know, because yeah. what happens in that world is the same that happens in mobile filmmaking, right? It's mm -hmm. like you never have enough. You always have people out there telling you, oh, you need this and you need that. And there's something mm -hmm. new coming out all the time. We have uh, the ability to update our phones once a year or every two years, depending on, you know, who's who's got your account. Right. Yeah, the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it's, you know, people say, oh, but, you know, when I buy a phone, it costs this much. Well, if you just. If you're updating it, let's just say you have Verizon or AT&T or any of those, right? Mm -hmm. You go to them and you say, oh, the new phones came out. Um, most likely they're going to send you an email anyways, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to tell you, hey, you know, you give us the phone that you have now and we'll give you the new one for 200 bucks or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you just can't beat that. You can't, no. I usually I usually upgrade my phone every every two years I believe yeah um because I, I feel like I I just got the one I had and they're already trying to get me a, to get another one so I'm like yeah. it's kind of I'm just trying to show uh restraint yes <laughs> I always want the new the new phone because I know I can make content for the channel with it but at the same time I'm like no no you don't need it just yet just wait a little bit yeah I think most people nowadays the phones have gotten so good like they can live with you know, for three, four years before they even update them. Oh yeah. Their whole business model is, is FOMO. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, now with the 15, I think the 15 is a real game changer though for, for this industry that we're in. Yes. Yeah. Um, my wife has it. I actually don't have the 15 yet, but I've gotten to play around with it a little bit. So, the, so there you go. That's it. That's all we can. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit, a little bit about, you know, since we're going to share with our listeners 2 a.m., you don't have to wait till 2 a.m. to watch that film, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it scarier if you do that. Yeah. Sit in the dark. Put it, put it on the big screen. When you, when you filmed that, the audio is also really good. How did you, how did well, you? compose that how did you create that whole because it's it, when i say audio it's not like just the voice it's the atmosphere and all of that yeah well um i guess my attention to detail when it comes to audio i think comes from me being um obsessed with music early on in my life we were always in the recording studio um 
you know, I got my hands on mixing and mastering audio. I still do a lot of that stuff today. So I'm really obsessed with, you know, attention to detail when it comes to audio. And I think it's one of the most important parts of the filmmaking process. Mm-hmm. I'm also really obsessed. My favorite director is David Lynch. Um, and I, I, think I, ever I, wa- I think I've heard of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you ever watched any David Lynch films, you know that his films are just dripping with atmosphere, especially in the sound department. Um, lots of ominous swooshes and low hums and rumbles and static um, shock sounds and just the, just a, an electric feeling throughout his films. And uh, that was kind of what I tried to emulate with 2AM. I tried to, you know, uh, take the David Lynch approach. I think he's... Um, explained it once as, you know, creating a fire, you start with some kindling and then you just build upon it and you got your firewood. And then eventually you have a roaring campfire by the time you're done. And, um, basically what I do is I just go back through the film and I watch it over and over again. And that's kind of what I do before, before I film them too. I just play them over and over again in my head. And I just imagine every scene and just, pretend that I'm watching it and what sound needs to come here, what shot needs to come here. And I just play it out in my head and just, that's usually how things work out. When you, when you're editing, you said you use Premiere Pro. That's right. Do you use anything else to treat your audio before? I mean, so when you're capturing audio and then you're, you're setting up your audio tracks, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you just, do you go out and record separate audio tracks and then bring them all in or you just record the one that's with the video and then just manipulate that? I do both. Normally I'll have a um, a microphone on top of my camera capturing, you know, just room tone and just natural sound. Just, yeah, just scratch audio with that. And then I'll, I'll set up my Zoom recorder or whatever. I used to have a Tascam recorder and I'll put a shotgun mic on that and I will... And I'll place it outside of the scene to get a little bit better audio. And then I'll usually go back if there's things like, you know, doors shutting, yes. footsteps. I'll try to recreate those Foley sounds while I'm on set. And then when I have everything in the in Premiere and I'm working with everything, sometimes I'll try to blend sounds together. Um, and I'll just figure out what sounds the best. And if none of the sounds that I captured sound good, I'll go to something like epidemic sound and I'll get some, you know, sound effects from there. And a lot of times I can blend the fake sound effects with the real life sound effects. And that usually helps me with timing, which is really important with audio, like especially with things like footsteps. If the timing is the slightest bit off, it's very jarring to the viewer. Mm -hmm. So that's always kind of been a challenge for me. So if, if the, if the footsteps in time with my, um, with my natural audio, but it doesn't sound exactly great. I'll go in and, and put a um, fake sound effect over top of that and use the timing and blend those two together. And then also creating distance by playing around with the sound levels too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Premiere has gotten a lot better with their audio panel um, helping you out in that process. You know, they have just quick settings for dialogue, music, sound effects, ambience, um, you can just kind of, sometimes you can just, you know, a one button will get you pretty close. A one button click will get you pretty close and then you can dial it in, you know? Yeah. I think, I think one of the funnest, uh, is that even a word? The most, the most fun? <laughs> it, is, it is now. <laughs> uh, one of the most 
fun things to do. How's that? This works. When you're creating films and when you're, especially in the post-production process, is probably that which you just explained, which is, you know, you're, you're testing and you're experimenting while at the same time you're treating something. Mm-hmm. And you're manipulating it. And okay, that, you know what? I like this. Oh, let me look at this. Let me do that. Oh, I like that better. Yes. Okay, that's a little too much. That whole process, you can spend days yes. just doing that. And I think that's, you know, speaking about, not that we are, but <laughs> bringing up AI, right? A lot mm-hmm. of the the things that, that people can do with AI where they can't just like, oh, here you go, do this and push a button and it's done. That's not as fun as what you do. Exactly. It's so exciting watching your your film come to life. The, the sound adds so much life to your film. Um, and it re- that really is, for me, that's one of the most exciting parts is post-production, putting that color grade on there and going through and just bringing every little second to life with your sound effects is it's, it's the best feeling to me. Yeah. Because that is, that is, that is the art. That's the art. That's the artist inside you. And that feels good. It feels good to, I keep telling people art yeah. is healthy. Like you have to do it. Absolutely. It's, it feels good. Like a lot of times if you're having a bad day and you just go, I'm sure you do this. Some people just go and listen to music, but other people go and create music. Right. Mm -hmm. And it feels good. It's mentally healthy. Yeah, it's actually I I was actually just talking to my wife about this the other day. It's like when I have a film in my head or a song in my head, I tell her I actually use these words. I'm like, I've got to get this thing out of my head. There you go. Uh, It's almost like it, you know, buries in your head and you just have to get it out and get it out into the world. And then you can move on to the next thing. That's why they Um, call art expression. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. But speaking of AI, um, actually in my newest video I just posted on the channel, I uh, was actually, um, I hate masking and rotoscoping and all that kind of stuff, you know, keying out green screen stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> if any of your <laughs> listeners know of a great AI solution for eliminating that from my workflow, I would be happy to hear about it. I used to, uh, I do <laughs> graphics uh, myself and a lot of times I hate it when I have to pull, you know, out the background from something. Mm -hmm. But there are times when that's actually soothing for me, you know, to soothe in and literally create the paths and go ahead. It's just almost like painting, right? Like just stroking the paint on something. I I suppose there are people who um, went cooking, right? Preparing Mm -hmm. something and cooking when you're just, creating and building something just that process can be a lot of fun but there are times when it's like look i just i just need to get this done and so that i can move on to the what i'm feeling more creative to do (laughs) uh right and it's just not you know yeah so now you know how to get in touch with them (laughs) oh yeah i've actually had a film uh, called the trinity i've been working on for a few years now and it has a lot it has a lot of here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's, and trust me, it's, it's not because it's going to be good, <laughs> but I've been trying to cut out, you know, all these, you know, use, um, it's basically has so many like matte paintings in the film, uh, you know, fake scenery and, you know, it's, it's a sci-fi film and it's actually the first sci-fi film I've ever tried to really make oh. or like, 
where it's like high sci-fi, you know, like nothing it looks like it does in this world, but it's just, it's proving to be very difficult for me. And, uh, it's taken a while to uh, get all those VFX scenes to look right for me. You know, definitely not my strong suit. I, I used to really like a lot of, you know, like your out and outer space movies, like alien, right. Is, is Mm -hmm. a good one with Sigourney Weaver and, and all that. But Absolutely. But um, there are so many out now where the, the entire film is just it's it's all like that. That they're out in outer space. And, and it reminds me. Remember uh, Nickelodeon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. So it's kind of like that kind of sci fi film, you know, as far as like like we we're so used to that now. Right. It's like mm-hmm. so I'm having trouble uh, staying captivated with some of these sci-fi films that are out in outer space, because not all sci-fi films are out of space, but yeah. Um, but when they do that, sometimes it's like it. it I feel kind of claustrophobic in it. Like I oh, want to yeah. see trees. I want to see something, <laughs> you know, different. Every scene has kind of the same background. So you don't like the stuff where they're stuck on the on the spaceship the whole time, basically. Yeah, I really don't like uh, some of them. What they do is they break from that and they go into past memories, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. and things like that. And so those are better for me because it breaks it up. But it just it gets to be kind of like especially, you know, a lot of them, the story just isn't that great. And then when mm-hmm. they bring aliens in, they look really <laughs> cheesy. Sometimes you're like, I've, I've seen <laughs> yeah. all the all the different aliens you can make, and you know you have to be pretty extraordinary. Um, well, a lot a lot of those films, you know, I guess they're dealing with the the isolation of space travel. A lot of times they yeah. can feel really depressing and um, like you were talking about claustrophobic. Yeah. You know? Oppressive, I guess would be a good word for that. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not claustrophobic, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I think what happens for me too, and probably for a lot of people listening is like, you go to watch a film and you go to escape from your reality, you know? Um, And if you're watching too many films off one genre, sometimes you're like, ah, I just need a happy or I'm I'm not the biggest fan of comedy. Some comedy I do like. Sometimes it just depends on the mood, right? Yeah, they don't really make too many good comedy films anymore, in my opinion. Yeah. No, you're right. And it is hard to do. Uh, It's one of the hardest genres to do is Mm -hmm. comedy. But so is a good horror flick. Because, you know, you see things coming, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're like, okay, so now it's going to happen like this. The, the, you know, the, the catch at the end, you know, how thing, who dies, who doesn't die, you know, all these things you're like, yeah, yeah. Um, cause a lot of them use the same formula. Mm-hmm. It's just telling Absolutely. it differently. That's why it's really refreshing. Like we, me and my wife, I think the last horror film we went and saw at the theater was Barbarian. And it was really refreshing because it completely, normally I can figure out what's going to happen and happen in a film, but that one completely threw me for a loop. So that was refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few of those. They're, they're getting better, uh, in some ways on that too. Subverting I, your expectations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, it got annoying, uh, a lot of times, uh, where it's like, well, I already know how this is going to turn up, you know, Avatar <laughs> two, 15 minutes into it, I already knew what was going to happen at the end. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was too easy. And it was like, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm only here for the eye candy and 3d, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, the, the first film I was really excited about it is because of the visual feast yeah. it was, you know, and I found myself not really all that interested in the second one. So, you it's know, like a- Avatar, the first Avatar and District 9, both of those mm-hmm. came out at about the same time. The, yes. I saw District 9 first and, you know, they have the opening scene where they're in that um, cargo plane. And the guys yes. are the military cargo plane and they're they're coming out. It was mm-hmm. completely incredible for me. The the 3D in that film was just outstanding. It was great, yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, Jet Brophy was actually in that film. Um okay. yeah, he was one of the I wouldn't say mad doctors, but he was in one of those scenes there. Um, but yeah, I I then I saw Avatar, and Avatar was just you know, it's like that little kid feeling of, oh, my God, this is so awesome, mm-hmm. you know, because I like 3D films when I go to the theater and watch them and things like that. I just think they're cool, but I'd really like a great story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we're we're kind of weathered because of what we do. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to surprise anyone these days, especially <laughs> filmmakers. My wife is all the time uh, saying she's like you know, hanging around you, I see all of these things in films now that I never noticed before, like how they lit a scene or, and you know, she doesn't even want to know that stuff and she just knows it secondhand from hanging around <laughs> me and me pointing s- stupid stuff out or watching films. So you brought up your wife I mean, like a million times. Do, do you want to share her name? <laughs> yeah. Her name's Michelle. Yeah. Okay. And she, uh, she's a lot more successful than I am. Um, she, she makes me proud every day. I love her to death. Yeah, I'll give I don't you know if she's going to listen to this. Sure, she'll <laughs> listen. You, you're all over it. Um, well, the reason that I'm bringing this up too is because you know she was in, she was, she acts in your films sometimes. She fills in, right? Yep, uh, against her will usually. <laughs> um, I always tell her all the time. I was like, "Why did I marry somebody that never wants to be in my films?" <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, she does. She does not like being on camera, but she 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 loves me. She she helps me out whenever she can. Yeah. Well, she did really good on two a.m. Well, thank you. I'll I'll be sure to tell her. Yeah, we'll just have just ask her to listen. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's actually kind of cool too. Um, you know, to bring people in to your films, um, like that because, you know, I'm always talking about how important it is to have good actors right? In, in storytelling, you know, um, because you can have a wonderful, you know, sounding and looking film and everything, but the actors just don't do good enough depicting the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to have, you know, take advantage of your resources. You know, I'm always harping on resource filmmaking. If you have friends that you think would make good actors, use them. If they're not good actors, don't use them. Yeah. And a lot of people who do that, uh, a lot of times they they look at the the people that they know and they build their character into, so they don't have to literally, yeah, act right. Yeah, don't have to stray too far from their own personality. Yeah, yeah. So they don't really have to fake it. They just have to, you know, here's the situation. <laughs> Not like I'm running away from you know murderers or anything like that every day, but I can kind of you know it's me running away from a murder, right? Yeah. My <laughs> wife is actually, uh, the, um, uh, 
lead or I guess antagonist in the sci-fi film I'm making. So she has, she has a lot of speaking parts in this film, which is, I've been another challenge. So, you know, you did, you shot, I know this is about mobile filmmaking, but it is you, Ryan, uh, that little short film. I really love that one. Uh, I think I've probably online on social media told you that a few times, every time you share it, the one about the, uh, the guy, the fingers, Oh, uh, trophies. See, see, that's all I needed to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's a really, really, I know you shot that, you shot that with a DSLR, right? I did. Uh, yeah, I shot that with a GH5. Yep. Okay. And Mm -hmm. so when you did that, now you were color grading that, the, the, that, that's just so good. You did such a good job. I'm just going to publicly tell everybody. He did such a good job. Your website is Ryan Camp Films. That's right. And what I'm going to do, you have a blog in there that has all your videos. So it's like, I mean, they can go to your your channel, right, as well. But mm-hmm. I think if they go to your website, and it's beautiful, it's a beautiful website. Like Thank we're you. talking about the beautiful aesthetics <laughs> of your film. And I did the same thing with his website. It's a beautiful website. Yeah, um, I used uh, I used Wix to create that. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> because they do that. They do that. They have a lot of. They used to do a lot of flash effects um, mm-hmm. on their website. So, but you know, times have changed. A funny, uh, funny uh, thing I forgot to mention is that's actually what I went to school for. Oh, uh, I went. Uh, I got my uh, <laughs> associate's degree in computer arts, uh, designing websites and stuff like that. And after I graduated, realized I didn't really like doing it very much. <laughs> so that's, that's actually funny. I, I took an <laughs> HTML uh, course in college and I built like mm-hmm. seven websites. And then I went like, you know, I don't really have a purpose for this. Yeah. You know, it just, it, they're just websites. And back then you could copy code from one website to another and copy it, you know, add it to yours and all kinds of stuff. You're familiar with what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Well, back when I was in in college, they they were teaching, I had flash courses on flash uh, animation and all this stuff. And, (laughs) and no one uses any of that stuff anymore. So no, it's HTML five and you know, Mm -hmm. I I like WordPress anyway. um, You know, if anybody wants to hire uh, Ryan, (laughs) Or me, right? Um. That's right. But yeah, the color grading on trophies, I really have to accredit that to the weather. Um, Mm. It helps so much if you can start off with a good, if it looks good already, chances are it's going to be really easy to get it to look even better in post-production. And with that film and with another film of mine that I think looks really good is The Farmhouse. It was actually the first short film I ever posted on the channel. Uh, They just look really good and moody. And it's all due to the the weather outside, basically. And when I shot trophies, I shot half of it one day. It was really blustery and stormy and kind of moody vampire weather outside. And I got about half of it filmed and couldn't finish because someone showed up at the location I was at Ugh. to do construction. So I had to stop filming and then I had to wait like a month to finish it because the weather was never the same. Um, oh, and wow. even, even, even one day it rained a little bit, but it wasn't quite as cloudy. And I went out and tried to f- finish it and it did, I couldn't get the colors to match up. So 
yeah, if, if you can ever go out and film on a day where the weather is just right, it's going to make such an easier time for you in post-production. And you shot this movie, I mean, you did it by yourself, right? Yeah, I did that one 100% by myself. Yeah. See, that's... Except um, for my daughter who put her hand in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was, um, that was, that was really well done. Thank you. Thank yeah, it's, I would say that's probably out of all your films. If I can put myself here as your fan, Ryan, I would say that's my favorite one. You oh, know? Really? That's, that's actually my favorite one, too. I actually ran a poll on the channel the other day, <laughs> and it actually came in last place in the poll. I was kind of surprised oh, by what that. What do they but. know? <laughs> it's, it's my favorite film too but just because i've always wanted to make those are my favorite kind of my favorite kind of films would have to be thrillers mystery thrillers yeah i love true crime stuff um and i've always wanted to make a detective mystery it's kind of like thriller. that x files you know like you know remember like in x files the beginning of each episode was mm -hmm. you know this yeah. that that's what it it has that feel with this with this film and you act in it and you do a really good a good job at you know just nonchalant you know <laughs> uh pi or whatever you know detective um and then it has a and we're not going to reveal it but it has a really good catch at the end so it's definitely yeah, worth watching i actually hired a voice actor to play the part of the captain in that so that was the only other um nice uh voice part in the movie i used fiverr for that actually Oh, cool. Hire, hire <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, uh, Ryan, what else do, could would you like to share with our listeners that would help them make a better film besides all these questions that I'm asking you? Because it's a lot of fun going through this with you. For me, for me, filmmaking, it, you know, everything just I like to think of it like a garden bed. You know, you, you start with a seed, the seed of an idea, and you just turn it into a, a fully blossomed garden. Anytime I have a spark of an idea, it can be from anything. Um, I would say if you want to make a really great film, you need to go out and get inspiration, go out and location scout and the area where you live, find some really cool looking spots where you, you think you could film something. I'm really surprised how many times a location has inspired a film in my head, like, uh, trophies, for instance, the one we were just talking about. Yeah. I actually went out and location scouted that bridge and it just so happened the day I was there, it was cloudy and kind of gloomy looking. And I was like, man, this place is really creepy. I could film something really cool down here. And from that moment on, I just started spinning this story in my head. And I would say with me, you know, like I was talking about earlier, I just play these stories over and over again in my head until I get them out and, and film them. And it's really satisfying to have something like that in your head and you actually make it come to life. You know, you're actually creating something and, um, that's the satisfying part for me. That's actually for a lot of, a lot of filmmakers. That's the magic feeling that you get. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's really addictive. You know, you, once you do it once, you just have to keep doing it again and again. Every time a new idea springs up in your head. Like if you love ice cream, you know, if you love, I don't know, strawberry ice cream or something, it's like, Oh my God, the first time you tasted that, right? <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. well, I, I need to have more of that. Absolutely. <laughs> but to make a better film, I would say keep it simple. I'm actually learning that the hard way now, not listening to my own advice with, you know, the <laughs> sci-fi film I'm making, The Trinity. I broke every single rule I've ever set for <laughs> myself and it's turned into a nightmare to get it finished. 
keep your story, especially if you're doing short films for YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Make sure you just keep it simple. You don't try to go uh, too in depth and give a story that's too deep for a short film. It's true. Use the resources you have available to you. Uh, every time I've ever tried to make a film that was beyond my available resources, I hit roadblocks and then the film doesn't get finished. Um, so that yeah, I think that's, my, that's the most important, important, um, advice I could give anybody. Wow. That's some really good sound advice. See what I did there? Sound. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for, I think a lot of people who are doing mobile filmmaking are probably, you know, they're not working with big Hollywood budgets. So they're, they're probably trying to think frugally about their film anyway. Not all cases, but I would say for most. So yeah, if you're, if you're looking to shoot a no budget film, keep it simple and use the resources that are available to you. You know, it's funny that you should say that because, you know, your, your, your short films, uh, mm -hmm. they're very good and they could pass for Hollywood films, you know, as aesthetically and with sound and things like that. I mean, I've, I've watched Netflix. They're, they're mm -hmm. very picky about what they choose, but then I've seen some pretty bad films. And I'm yeah. going, you know, Ryan's film could have done better. <laughs> well, thank you so <laughs> and, much. And I appreciate you have, that. you know, it's like, um, yeah, definitely. So I'm actually working right now on working on some bigger projects with uh, some of my colleagues. Um, so so am I hearing a feature film coming up at any time shot with a phone yet? That's definitely something I would like to do at some point. Right now, I've got to get these projects that I'm, I've been working on for a while finished, and then I'm going to you know, move on to some new stuff. And definitely looking to do my first feature soon. Okay, um, so the iPhone 16 or 17 <laughs> or something, right? Yeah, maybe it may maybe a a a full featured um, like 2 a.m. kind of remake yeah. kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, um, maybe take that combination of the uh, trophy film along with you. Uh, yeah. cause I, I think you've shot, how many films have you shot? Not just with a phone. Mm, uh, let's see. True filmmaker. You've got so many working <laughs> films that you can't count the ones you finish. I'd like, I, I want to say maybe about, uh, 15. Some of them may have not have seen the light of day. <laughs> that's okay. You went through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, it's time for you to start thinking feature for sure. I'm actually working with my good friend, Courtney Jones. I don't know if you know him. He's, he's pretty, uh, Oh, prolific. CJ. Yeah. CJ. Yeah. 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 We're, we're working on something together. I don't know if he's going to be mad that I said that out loud, but <laughs> 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 we're, we're, we're working on some projects together and, uh, hopefully some of those will turn into features or series or something along those lines. Very, very, very cool. Yeah. It's uh, now. Did you did you meet Courtney also uh, through social media and the mobile filmmaking uh, scene? Or I did. He uh, he reached out to me. Uh, he was actually doing starting up his YouTube channel, and he wanted to interview me for his YouTube channel. So that's how we got in contact. And but in I can't remember how many years ago that was. But then he had me on a podcast with uh, Dean Nimmin and. Uh, a few others, uh, Christopher from Filmic Pro, and we were just talking about the future of mobile filmmaking. And ever since then, me and Courtney have spoke uh, every week. We become very close friends. So oh, we have a awesome. meeting. We have a meeting every week to brainstorm and and work on these projects together. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I just love our community. You know, I uh, do too. 
the thing about it is like it's it's kind of like there's the industry, right? And this is like the sub. This is like the punk rock industry, right? <laughs> it's like the underground, you know, really cool stuff, right? Uh, that's out there, and um, and a lot of you know, in, in for me, it's been since two thousand nine, so it's been like a hundred years, right, <laughs> <laughs> of this stuff. And I'm just as excited today as I was, you know, back then. There's always something new. There's always new people. There's always new perspectives, and the energy in this community is amazing. It's incredible and outstanding. And so um, I thank you, Ryan, for, for coming on the show and inspiring our listeners and bringing them the inspiration that they need to also, as quote unquote, non-experts, <laughs> uh, to make incredible short films or even feature films that sound good, that look good, and that uh, share great stories with the rest of us, right? Right. Thank you so much for having me. And I just really appreciate the work you do in the community and with the film festival. And hopefully, you know, I can uh, be a part of that in person one day. Um, oh, yeah. Gonna, I owe a, you a, a fish goal taco. Of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, but yeah, I just really appreciate you having me on. And I love, you know, talking to people in the community and I love interacting with uh, people on the channel and trying to answer questions. Even if I don't have an answer, I like to try to direct them to someone who does. And, you know, it's just really exciting seeing the the fever that people have for this stuff. And um, hopefully that continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah. There's never going to be too many people involved. That's for sure. It's it's definitely something if you're even thinking about making that movie, just use your phone and, and come and get involved with awesome people like Ryan and myself, I'm not, I may not be as awesome as Ryan, but... Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> Sell yourself short. But yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And uh, say goodbye to our listeners, Ryan. Thank you, Susie. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, you can check me out at Ryan Camp Films everywhere online and social media. And I thank you guys for having me.